Welcome to the Introvert Dear Podcast, the show devoted to helping introverts live more peaceful, meaningful lives. We are here to remind you that you don't have to be an extrovert to be happy. Now, here are your hosts, Jen Graneman and Bo Miller. When many people hear the word introvert, they picture a nail-biter cowering in his or her bedroom, refusing to interact with the rest of the world. Frankly, this definition of introvert misses the mark by a long shot. But it is true that introverts sometimes feel nervous around certain people and for a variety of other reasons. While introvert and anxiety don't necessarily go together, when they do, it's helpful to know why and have some strategies for coping with challenges that come your way. We're going to discuss this topic at length in today's show. Hey, Jen, how are you doing? I'm good, Bo. How are you? Doing well. Looking forward to diving into an important topic that I think a lot of introverts deal with, at least at some point in their life, some more regularly. Yeah, uh, I'll admit that getting ready for this podcast made me feel just a little bit anxious. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I should be laughing at that, but I just thought that was such a great tie. And, and honestly, when I was getting ready for this podcast, there were times I felt anxious too, which is interesting. Like It doesn't have to be a major life event for anxiety anxiety to creep in. And, and while we all experience anxiety, I think we're going to see that um, we as introverts experience it on a certain level and in a special way. Yeah, absolutely. It's very normal to have worries day in and day out. Uh, that's a little different from anxiety, which is what we're going to talk about today. Mm, good point. So I've got a question about that. What leads most people to associate the word introvert or introverts in general and anxiety? Well, first, just let me say, I really love what you said at the beginning about how people picture introverts being like these scared people who are cowering in their bedrooms. Um, and, you know, that is true for some of us from time to time. I've certainly had those moments, but that's not necessarily because I'm an introvert and anxiety and introversion aren't the same thing. Although you can be an introvert who experiences anxiety, you can also be an extrovert who experiences anxiety. But for some reason, we have this idea in our minds that introverts are, like you said, these really, uh, these like ner- balls of nervous wreck, right? Right. Uh, so like something that happened to me recently, I don't know if you've been following the weather, but here in Minnesota where I live, it's been snowing like crazy. It's been freezing cold. It's been a terrible winter. So my car, I had to move it around because we have all these parking restrictions. So I went out, car got stuck in the snow, and I had to call for a neighbor to come help me. And then even when that neighbor came out, we still couldn't get the car out. So like a stranger came over with a shovel and helped us too. So I posted something about it on Facebook afterwards. Like my car was stuck in the snow. I needed a team of three people to come help me get it out. And like right away, someone commented on the three people part like, oh my gosh, that must have been awful for an introvert. And I don't know about you, Bo, but I get a lot of comments like that from time to time. Like if I post on Facebook, like I'm out with my friend and we're having dinner and drinks or something like that. People are like, what, an introvert? And so they just kind of have this idea that like introverts just can't interact with anybody without getting really anxious and wound up about it. Mm-hmm. And I love being alone. I'm truly an introvert. But, <laughs> you know, going out to dinner with my best friend is a lot of fun. Absolutely. Or, Hey, I was really grateful when the neighbor and that stranger helped me get my car stuck in this or stuck out of the snow. So we definitely need other people too, and that's a really good point, Jen. I mean, I can I can relate a hundred percent to what you're saying. There are other times that I 
really appreciate people. It doesn't mean when I'm like interacting with a stranger that I don't experience some level of awkwardness, but we definitely need to be with other people too. So it's it's a misnomer for sure that introvert um, always goes with that Boo Radley character. If you've ever read To Kill a Mockingbird, I wonder if that made some other impact on you know the way people have saw, seen introvert and its meaning over time. And actually, I think if you look at the dictionary definition, I, it may be changing, but for a long time, it was described negatively or introverts were described negatively as something, you know, or someone who is unwilling to relate to others. But that terminology has changed. The word introvert has changed over time. And I think a lot of it has just been due to more information about who we are as introverts. And I think introvert dear Jen has done a, a good job of promoting that as well. Oh, thank you. I, I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah. So, like on the flip side, not all introverts have anxiety. Not all social situations make an introvert scared or nervous. But the reality is that introverts are more prone than extroverts to anxiety and, and also depression. Uh, Lori Helgo, the author of Introvert Power, pointed this out in her article, Revenge of the Introvert, a uh, cover story published on Psychology Today back in 2010. She says there is some evidence to support this, that we introverts are just simply a little more geared toward anxiety. Uh, so she says that it's because introverts are more self-critical than others, right? So we um, reflect on ourselves and our own behavior more and can be a little more critical or negative or perfectionistic about it. But this is the kicker. Introverts are also more realistic in their self-assessment. Mm. So we have a, a better idea of, you know, what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are. Uh, she says, call it depressive realism because you know, that could lead to why introverts are more prone to anxiety than extroverts. Mm. Um, another reason could be because we overthink and overanalyze situations sometimes. I think we've all been in the situation where we're considering every possibility and maybe we're reflecting on something that happened already in the past, going over and over in our heads. I've certainly been there awake in the middle of the night, thinking about something I said or did. Uh -huh. It was really dumb or stupid, wishing I could take it back. Oh, man. And you know that that overthinking can be really great in some situations because it can lead us to come to really novel, unique ideas and create innovation. But if left unchecked, which, you know, I personally have been there many, many times throughout my life, mm -hmm. it can lead to worry and anxiety. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. And um, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Like every gift, like you need to think so that you don't expend energy needlessly, you know, interacting with others who might drain you or doing tasks that, that you might not be bent to do. But at the same time, uh, it can it can turn against you and, and really keep you from being productive or from trying something that you should or putting yourself out there. So a really good point. Yeah, absolutely. And the good news is anxiety is something that you can work to overcome. And we'll talk a little bit more about some signs you might have anxiety and then also some ways that you can cope with it. I love that. Yeah. And I was almost going to jump the gun because you just reminded me of you know one way that helps me kind of deal with anxiety. And a lot of times when I am in that state where I'm overthinking things or I'm thinking too much about maybe how people will respond to me, just turning the tables and thinking about how I can help other people or serve them. Like I think we've talked about on this show before, maybe on that marketing episode we did really helps me to get out of it because often it, it ends up being a self-focus. And when I can start thinking about others um, and, and how I can serve them, that, that kind of turns the table and gets me out. So I'm looking forward to hearing 
some of those other coping strategies that, that you're bringing up. But I wanted to share that one before it slipped away. I like it. So what makes introverts anxious? I mean, there's probably a lot of things, but you made a good point. We all worry, but it's not all anxiety. And does it always have to be social anxiety or are there other common causes? So a couple of questions there. Have at whichever one you want to start with. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I think a lot of times we do talk about introverts and social anxiety, and we'll get to that in a moment, but there are certainly other causes of anxiety. Uh, so for example, it could be generalized anxiety disorder or GAD, and that's an excessive ongoing anxiety or worry that's difficult for you to control, and it definitely interferes with day-to-day -day life. Some signs of generalized anxiety disorder, according to the Mayo Clinic, are overthinking plans and solutions to all possible worst case outcomes. I've definitely been there. Mm. You might perceive situations as threatening, even if they aren't. I've, I've been there too. You might feel a lot of difficulty handling things that are uncertain. You might feel indecisive or fearful that you're making the wrong decision. You might be unable to relax or just generally feel really restless or keyed up or on edge. Or maybe you have difficulty concentrating uh, or the feeling that your mind goes blank, like mm. you just cannot. And of course, these are all things that are fairly common for introverts to experience, like overthinking or when you're put on the spot, having your mind go blank. We've all been in front of oh, that yeah. crowd, oh, right? Yeah. Or that group. I was just in a class last week and they said, let's go around the room and introduce ourselves. Tell us what you write about. Uh -huh. And they went around the opposite way. So of course, I was the very last person. And <laughs> so I just had the whole time to sit there and like worry what I was going to say. Um, so, you know, of course, it got to me and I said something like, I'm Jan. I'm an introvert. I write about introverts and I was trying to be funny, but people didn't really. Yeah, I hate so that. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. And I was like, and this is my nightmare, but wah, wah. <laughs> kind of fell flat. Oh. Anyways, we've all had that feeling of our mind going blank. Oh, yeah. Um, but if you have generalized anxiety disorder, it's excessive, it's ongoing, you have difficulty controlling it, and it really mm. interferes with your day to day life. Mm. So um, Marzi Wilson, the creator of Introvert Doodles, uh, yeah. I recently interviewed her and she talked to me about generalized anxiety disorder because it's something she struggles with. She has a new book coming out. Well, actually, it's out now. It's called Kind of Coping and it's illustrations of her dealing with anxiety. She said it was really important for her to put this book out because she wanted to clear up some misconceptions about introversion and anxiety, mm. right? Because people often think they're one and the same, yeah. but they're not. So she told me that she really struggles with generalized anxiety disorder. She described it to me as a persistent feeling of dread, like it mm. might have a trigger, like an upcoming test or an unexpected bill, but it can also just strike out of nowhere without... Mm any external cause. Wow. Wow, that sounds really difficult to work through. That's cool that she has that book coming out. Do you know when that's released? Yeah, it's out right now. And if you want to check out some of her illustrations, there will be a post on, there There will be, by the time this podcast comes out, a post on Introvert Deer. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. Very cool. So we've talked a bit about GAD, Generalized Anxiety Disorder. Um, can you think of anything else that makes introverts anxious? Yeah. So like I said, social anxiety is fairly prevalent among introverts, and it's usually the thing we most associate with introversion. 
Uh, I've certainly struggled with this from time to time in my life. I remember when I was a reporter working at the newspaper back in my journalism days, uh-huh. there was an old colleague coming back who had been, he had been like someone who had trained me in. We didn't have a very close relationship, but I knew I would be expected to talk with him. I hadn't seen him for months because he had quit and he was coming back to the office. Oh. And everyone was getting really excited about <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. I was just sitting there. It was his open office plan, of course. Yeah. Uh, even before open offices were trendy. Oh, no. Had, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, and everyone was getting more and more excited about seeing him coming in. And this just sticks out in my mind as a time I really suffered from social anxiety. Not mm. the only time, but, you know, one of the most poignant times in my memory. Uh-huh. Because as everyone was getting more excited, I was getting more and more fearful of <laughs> him coming in and having to interact with him in this professional environment with this person I hadn't seen for a long time. Mm. I knew everybody would be watching us and scrutinizing what we were saying and doing. And I just couldn't handle it. I literally got up and excused myself and went on a walk, which thankfully we could kind of take time when we wanted to. It wasn't like we had to be sitting at our desks from a certain time. Yeah. And I just went on a walk and totally skipped the whole thing of him coming in. Oh, wow. And as I was walking around outside, I realized... that was the first time that anxiety popped into my mind. Like, I think I'm dealing with some anxiety. Hmm. Well, I appreciate you being open and sharing that story because I think many of us can relate to that sort of thing. So what are some of the the characteristics or what what often is associated? What are some of those triggers that go with social anxiety? Because like you pointed out earlier, like when you're around strangers, you don't always feel anxious or maybe some introverts do. So how can you kind of tell when Maybe you're just a bit nervous or when it's anxiety. Yeah, so I'll just say it's very normal for introverts, extroverts, everyone to experience some level of nervousness when they're meeting new people because we're all just thinking like, what's going to happen? What's this going to be like? And it's completely normal to feel kind of nervous in a new situation. But social anxiety is a different level. So here are some signs, according to Elizabeth Schuler, who recently wrote a post on Introvert Dear. She's a counselor who um, helps people who have social anxiety. So according to Elizabeth, she says, you might have social anxiety if you feel very anxious or afraid in social settings. So like I did with the colleague coming in, you might feel extremely self-conscious, like others are judging or scrutinizing your every move. You might worry quite a bit that you'll reveal your anxiety and be rejected by others. Mm-hmm. You have this sense that you don't want other people to find out that you're anxious because they they won't want to be around you or they won't mm-hmm. like you anymore. Another sign is you consistently feel distressed during social interactions. So not just, oh, I'm meeting some new people or something like that, or I might have to make some small talk, which are very normal feelings for a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially introverts. Mm-hmm. You consistently feel a lot of distress during socializing. You might painfully or reluctantly endure social interaction or maybe just avoid it altogether. And here we're not talking about like, oh, I'm an introvert and I've, I'm peopled out. You know, I need to stay in and recharge. This is like, I would like to go out and have more friends or um, maybe meet, you know, meet and date people. But uh, I feel extremely nervous. So mm. I'm not going to. <laughs> Another is you might experience fear or anxiety that's disproportionate to the actual situation. This is definitely something I've dealt with a lot Mm -hmm. in my life. And finally, you might find that your personal life, relationships, or career are negatively affected. So in other words, Bo, to have social anxiety, your anxiety has to make it quite difficult for you to function in day-to-day life. 
And I bet that comes in different degrees. Do you have any idea about how many introverts deal with this sort of thing? Maybe not. I just wanted to ask. No, I don't have any numbers about it, but you're definitely right about it coming in degrees. So what I described are the signs of social anxiety disorder. Uh Uh, So like like a diagnosis that you would get from a doctor or a psychologist. But, you know, people, even without all of those symptoms or without that diagnosis, still can experience some of those things and it can still be symptoms of social anxiety or the experience of social anxiety. Yeah, I I can totally relate again, just thinking about thoughts keeping you from doing something or, or worrying about it. I mean, when you're talking about being in that writing class, and I know that wasn't social anxiety you were sharing, but maybe just a situation where your brain was so fixated. Maybe a little bit. A little bit. anxiety, maybe a little bit. Okay. Yeah. But also kind of just that introvert thing of like, oh my gosh, I have to talk in front of a bunch <laughs> of strangers. And the sad thing. A little of both. The sad thing for me about that sort of situation is I honestly want to hear what other people have to say. But if I don't go first, I don't hear them because all I can think about is yes. like, what am I going to say so I don't look stupid? And I really try to work on that, but it's a constant struggle to like pay attention and then to have something to say because it takes so much work and preparation to feel like you have something meaningful to contribute, you're not listening. At least I'm not. I don't know. Have you had that experience? Oh, that's exactly what happened. I didn't hear a single person's name or what they wrote about or why they were in the class because all I could think about was trying to calm my own nerves and think about what I was going to say. So I don't know why we ever even do that. We might as well just write each other like note cards to share because it's an exercise in futility. It's like a time burner. It really is. So I have a related question and forgive me if, if you already answered this, but I just wanted to make sure. Um, are there are there certain types of introverts who experience social anxiety more often than others? Um, I know that you're a bit of an expert on highly sensitive people or have written a lot about it. You even have a community about it. What's that called again? Yeah, highlysensitiverefuge.com is our new website and community just for highly sensitive people. And if you haven't checked it out, you should definitely head over there. It's a cool website. But um just thinking about highly sensitive people, do you feel or or do you have any experience or have you read any research that would point to the fact that highly sensitive people would be more likely to experience social anxiety? I don't have any hard and fast numbers about that or a study about that, but I can tell you that, yes, highly sensitive people and highly sensitive introverts do often deal with anxiety, stress, depression in a larger in larger numbers because Life can be very overstimulating as it is for them to begin with. Uh, you know, a little noise um, might seem like a very big noise to them mm. or having to get things done before a deadline. Uh, well, you know, that can be stressful for anyone. If oh, you're yeah. really sensitive, that can seem monumentally <laughs> stressful. So, yes, yeah, certainly if you're a highly sensitive introvert, you may be even more prone to anxiety. And if you're wanting to learn more about highly sensitive introverts, we do have a, an episode that goes over what an HSP is and helps you discern whether or not you are one. So we'd encourage you to check that out as well. So we've talked a lot about social anxiety, about other causes of anxiety. I just wanted to throw it out one more time. Um, Can you think of any other causes of anxiety that introverts might go through? And there might be some, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, Jen. So if there aren't any additional ones that come to mind, don't worry. Well, I would say generalized anxiety disorder and social anxiety are the biggest ones, but like anyone else, introverts can have uh, panic attacks or panic disorders or anything else along those lines. Mm. Okay, that's super helpful. So moving on, I, I had a question. What are some of the major ways anxiety can detract from a person's life? Because I think 
you know, if you live with it all the time, you get used to it and you kind of work with it. But maybe we just don't consider what we're losing out on and, and the value of working through it. So can you share a few of the ways that it can really keep you from doing enjoyable, meaningful, or really necessary things in life? Yeah, and I can certainly say that getting used to living with anxiety can be helpful, but it can also be detrimental because mm-hmm. I've certainly been in the uh, position of having anxiety, but not even realizing it for many years because it was just, it just always seemed to be with me and I wasn't even aware of it. So I think it's just first really good to recognize when you're having anxious feelings or anxious thoughts, if those thoughts are always there, you almost become immune to them and Mm -hmm. you don't even realize when you're feeling anxious. Yeah. You're kind of like a fish swimming in polluted water to borrow an analogy. You just get used to it. You don't even know it. Yeah, exactly. That day at the newspaper when I was out walking, avoiding talking to my colleague, I was in my mid-20s. And looking back, I had suffered from anxiety my whole life. But that was the first time that that word finally crept into my mind. Mm. And just the putting some words to it and thinking like, maybe this is what it is, mm. actually helped me move forward. Uh, so anyways, ways that anxiety can detract from someone's life. Well, certainly uh, in the situation that I was in at the newspaper, uh, I mean, I missed out on an opportunity to network or even more than that, just an opportunity to connect with someone that mm-hmm. could have been uh, a good relationship or uh, he could have become uh, a friend. Like I said, he was just kind of an acquaintance who trained me in, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, we could have had a, a much deeper relationship and not just with him, but all the other coworkers in the office who I, you know, mostly avoided talking to partially because <laughs> I was an introvert, uh, uh-huh. partially because they were introverts too, but also <laughs> because I felt very anxious and mm. thrown into this new world. It was my first job right out of college. Uh, so yeah, it really can take away from your relationships because mm. you might want friends, you might want to go on dates, you might want to find a significant other or just, you know, network or make some business connections. But when you feel a lot of anxiety, like I did, and like uh, some introverts do, it can really keep you from missing out on those opportunities. Mm. That's something I learned the hard way. Yeah, that's such a good point. The good news is that you can work through it too. You can you can really grow. It doesn't have to hold you down. So I'm, I'm anxious to get to the coping section of this interview, but I won't I won't jump there yet. But I think that's such a good point. It can keep you from things you really need in your life. We all need friends. Uh, we all need people who can help us. Uh, we don't get anywhere without other people working in our lives. And a lot of that is just connecting with others. So we need to put ourselves out there and it's important to work through this for sure. Uh, what about you, Bo? Are there any times when you felt anxiety, either social, social anxiety or different type of anxiety, or is that something you deal with? Oh my word. Yes. I mean, I think I've shared before that I played basketball and I loved playing basketball on a certain level. I mean, it wasn't my favorite thing in the world, but I spent a ton. I'm tall. I'm six, eight. (laughs) (laughs) So by, by nature, by requirement, everybody wanted me to play, but I actually liked playing and I'd play like two hours a day after school over at the park by our house by myself. (laughs) (laughs) But even when I was with friends, you were trying to make basketball, not a team sport. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) I guess so. I did like, I liked the team aspect too. And I enjoyed playing with my buddies or even just scrimmaging with the team and I could play well then, but I just remember getting in front of the crowd and just like feeling completely drained because I was nervous about making a mistake. I was anxious about what people would think when I just did something stupid. So 
like honestly my whole basketball career i don't know that i i like i maybe had a few games where for some reason i wasn't nervous as all get out um worrying about what other people were thinking in the crowd and i actually played my best i think one was like at a tournament and uh i was in front of the opposing team and their bench was was making fun of me and somebody called me like a moose giraffe or something and it just made me laugh i'm like it's oh, so what? ridiculous a, a moose giraffe and he made it's a high schooler he made some ridiculous noise and uh <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was just laughing at the whole thing and I was loose enough that I could finally play but you know my whole basketball career was kind of plagued by that and I I just think even when I was starting the blog that I've been writing for a little while um I remember the first time that I shared my Facebook page with friends and I had like a decent number of friends that I'd met throughout life and I was just going to share it with everybody and my palms were sweating. My hands were yeah. shaking. I'm at the library by myself, but like, I, I think honestly, I care too much about what other people think and um, not necessarily the people that know me best or really um, know me and like me for who I am, even if I, I fail and mess up. So I definitely, I think a lot of my life has been plagued by that. And those are two memories that come to mind for sure. Yeah, I, I can relate to that very hard. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's when you care a lot about what other people think, uh, for good or for bad, you know, it makes you more conscientious, but it can also make you more anxious. And I like what you said about anxiety being draining, because that's what it is. When I finally started to kick anxiety, I mean, I still experience it from time to time, you know, like I said, in that class just recently. Uh -huh. um, but when I started to at least get it under control, then I stopped feeling as drained mm. uh, because things just became less exhausting because I wasn't, you know, running all these scripts in my head about like, what did they think about me? Or is what I just said, did that make me sound stupid? Or what am I going to say? And it takes a lot of energy to feed anxiety. And it's emotionally exhausting. It's physically exhausting to have all those racing thoughts and sweaty palms and beating heart and all those other things. You know, sometimes I've had panic attacks uh, and that's serious and very scary and that can take a lot of energy out of you. So yeah, it's, it's incredible what can happen when you start to get it under control because then situations just feel less draining. At least that's what happened for me. Oh yeah, totally. That's, that's exactly the way I would describe it too. And when you start to deal with it, it's almost freeing in that you don't, you don't have to, you can, you get a, a big chunk of your energy back and you can just be yourself again. You know, it's yeah, almost like a, a kryptonite of sorts. Yeah. Um, and I, just before we delve in this a bit more and maybe start to talk about some of the coping mechanisms, I just wanted to make it clear. Introverts aren't the only ones who deal with this social anxiety, are they? No, they're definitely not the only ones who deal with anxiety. Extroverts can be anxious. They can have social anxiety. They can have generalized anxiety disorder. They can have panic attacks. Um, yeah, extroverts can too. I mean, extroverts can be shy. Introverts mm. can be shy too. Um, it's not just an introvert thing. Uh, extroverted, highly sensitive people can deal with these things too. So yeah, it, it doesn't... It 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 doesn't matter what your personality is or what your temperament is you can certainly deal with anxiety although as we pointing out pointed out it's a little more common among us introverts yeah definitely I, i'm glad you said that there's actually someone um who's really close to me and she 
has wrestled with this. I mean, she enjoys being around people. Like I'd say even more than I do. She really appreciates people, but can be so drained by just being around people that she doesn't know. And, and it's because of the anxiety to some extent. So it definitely is out there and introverts are not the only ones. Yeah, absolutely. I have a friend who's very extroverted and she loves to be out with people. She's a musician. She loves to go to concerts and hang out with the band. Her family owns a music store and she will get very anxious. She'll have panic attacks sometimes and just won't be able to leave the house or she'll just start to feel a large amount of anxiety when interacting with other people, even though, you know, in my, in my, from my view, she's doing great because she's, you know, extroverted and uh-huh. going and friendly and fun. But, uh, you know, she suffers from those thoughts, too, of like, oh, my gosh, people think I'm an idiot or what am I doing mm. or, you know, things like that. Yeah, we're not the only ones for sure. So yeah. all this leads to the important finale of it. how can we cope with it? How can we work through the anxiety? Because it's going to come for all of us at some time but for some of us more regularly. And it's important that we look into ways to deal with it. So do you have any suggestions for that? Yeah. So first I'll just say there's certainly not a one size fits all coping method. If you deal with kind of just some lower level anxiety, like uh, getting nervous about saying your name in front of a group or something like that, it's going to be a lot different how you deal with that anxiety than if you're someone who has a panic attack when you think about going out to a party or something like that. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a wide, there's a spectrum there. Uh, if you are someone who is feeling very debilitated by it, um, and again, I was for many years of my life, um, especially when I was in my teens and twenties, I felt very debilitated by it. Uh, so this would be the time when it might be good to consider getting a diagnosis from your doctor, uh, therapy and medication can help in those situations. Uh, They've certainly helped me at certain points in my life. I've definitely um, gone and talked with people that I feel close with. I know this is lower level anxiety, but just having a conversation with people you trust can be a big encouragement, especially if that person has experienced similar things. And just hearing feedback from others is really nice. Like one of the best books I ever got, uh, it's called Telling Yourself the Truth. It's just helped me to kind of think about what I'm telling myself in my mind and is, is it truthful or not and work it through. So sometimes I think just even having a conversation with someone who's uh, not a doctor or psychologist or counselor can be helpful too. But certainly um, I have a, a close friend who's gone to talk to a counselor and she's benefited immensely from those conversations. So it can be just a great help in making strides forward. Anything, yeah, absolutely. Anything else that can be helpful in coping with it? Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up about, thinking about your own thinking and talking to other people. So if you're someone whose anxiety maybe isn't, you know, panic attacks or um, completely debilitating, if it's a little bit lower level, certainly talking to someone can help. And Elizabeth Schuler, who talked about the, um, the counselor who works with introverts, talks about the power of correcting thinking errors. And she says that a lot of times introverts and highly sensitive people will engage in something like mind reading. So mm. because we're very intuitive, uh, because we notice little details, we think we can read others very well, but sometimes we we don't read them well and we think, oh, they're thinking what I said yes, was so stupid, yeah. or they must think I'm an yep. idiot. We've <laughs> all had those thoughts before, right? Just yeah. thinking that oh, people yeah. around you are like, she's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I can have a very critical uh, inner voice sometimes, mm-hmm. as, I, as I think many introverts do. 
Um, so she talks about correcting those thinking errors. And if you check out her article, which again, we'll put in the show notes uh, for you to get some more detailed information about it. But just basically, um, the first step is to notice when you might be committing a thinking error, which is, you know, maybe thinking, oh, everyone hates me or everyone thinks what I said was so stupid. Mm. Um, so start training yourself to notice when you're doing those thinking errors. And then as you become more mindful, you can start to correct them and replace them with another thought, mm. um, you, you know, such as, um, you know, people like me or this isn't that bad or something like that. Um, one thinking area that I've dealt with a lot in the past is getting really anxious about anticipating something coming up. So for example, thinking about going to a social event or networking event or just even sometimes a doctor appointment, yeah. you know, I just went in for my you know, yearly physical and I, I just found my heart like beating in the car as I was driving. Cause I was just like, what are they getting? You know, I used yeah, to get so yeah. nervous thinking like, what, what did they find out? I have cancer or something terrible. Um, but I've, I've noticed that my mind likes to think that things are going to be really bad. It's the worst case scenario. You're going to go in for your physical yeah, yeah. and the doctor's going to tell you you're dying. Um, so that's obviously a thinking error. And I've been training myself over the years to notice that's a thinking error. And no, you know, think more realistically. Probably it's not the worst case scenario. Probably you're, you know, the doctor's going to be like, oh, you know, you have eczema or something like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> of course, those those bad things do happen, right? And, and they oh, yeah. can feed our anxiety. So I'm not saying it's, Never the bad thing happening, but uh, for me, certainly, I, I overreact a lot of times and think it's going to be the worst case scenario. No, I'm so glad that you brought up this because I uh, just thinking about sometimes the way people present themselves unintentionally, it's so easy for your mind to jump to a conclusion, at least for some introverts. So I, I can completely relate. I mean, I think some people just have, when they're even thinking, they have like a resting, irritated look upon their face and they don't even know right. it. So it's easy to read in to that and assume that because someone's tired or because they're really um, pondering something that they're not happy with you. But it's important, especially as introverts, even though we don't like to do this, to just sometimes ask or um, something that I've found really helpful too, is just to assume the best about other people. Like we always have a chance to fill the gap. And this is true when we're just, you know, filling in details about them that we might not have hard data for. But sometimes like even when a person's late to a meeting, well, they might have slept in or forgotten or maybe something happened to their family. Uh, maybe they had an emergency. Like you have an opportunity to fill in the gap. So if you can fill it in positively and assume the best, it generally not only helps the relationship, it helps you as well. So just working through those thoughts, I really appreciate that piece of advice. And uh, I, I know for just thinking about truth can be really helpful to, um, I know from my faith perspective, like oftentimes I think about like uh, a verse from the Bible and that helps me relax. I know that that's not true for everybody. Maybe it's something else for others, but that's something that kind of goes through my mind and thinking about something positive can really help you work through it because what you put into your mind is what you get out of it. It's kind of that input output machine. I, I never did well yeah. on this in math class, but <laughs> <laughs> math. <laughs> oh man. But if you can, if you can feed your mind, um, truth and, and ponder things that are positive, that could be helpful. And I think even, you know, I hate to say this cause I think some of us love it, but even news, we need to be careful about our consumption of it because there's so much that provokes and plays upon what makes us anxious. We need to be careful how yeah. much of that we consume, how much media, 
because we're kind of feeding our anxiety and, and how are we how often are we thinking about positive things relating to people that are positive and thinking about truth? I think those are important questions to ponder. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, as a former reporter, I can be a bit of a news and media junkie, but I have come to realize that sometimes you just have to stop because you just can't, you know, you just can't keep going down that path for your own mental sanity. It's a lot of information and it's good information too. I want to say that, Jen, because you guys do and you, you did an important job and in, in the people that bring us updates on what's happening in the world. That's important to have, uh, but maybe a balance needs to be struck. Yeah. definitely in need of a balance. So is there anything else you've shared some awesome ideas so far? Is there anything else that can help in coping with anxiety? Yeah, I'll just add one more. And again, this is something that our listeners can check out on introvertdeer.com. It's a post by life coach Roxana Alexandru. And she wrote about how she created an action plan to help her deal with social anxiety. So she realized that you know, even as a 30-something adult, she just couldn't seem to have impromptu conversations with anyone. She felt like she had to map out the conversation prior to meeting someone. And she'd have a panic attack thinking that they might have nothing to talk about. Or if the conversation went off script, she'd get very nervous. I've certainly been there before. She also realized that on her job and in some of her relationships, she would keep quiet instead of voicing her opinion and her truth because she was worried about how it would come off so she wouldn't speak up for things that she needed. And she just felt like, hey, I'm in the prime of my life. Mm. You know, I'm not like a like a, you know, middle schooler anymore. Yeah. You know, we we everyone is probably anxious in middle school. Um, she's in the prime of her life. She's an adult, but she's still not able to speak out or even ask questions in a meeting just because she'd be so afraid of being judged. So again, check out introvertdeer.com for the details on how she did this. But she took every fear that she had and she wrote down specific steps about how to address that fear. And she started with a very small step. So for example, her fear of not being able to ask a question in a meeting, her first step, as silly as it sounds, was to raise her hand and ask a question that she already knew the answer to. So, you know, that kind of seems like play acting a little bit, but it gave her confidence to raise her hand in a room full of people and ask a question because she she knew then, well, I'm not asking a stupid question. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I, I'm asking something I already know the answer to. So that makes it easy. And then she increased with each step what she did. And, uh, you know, eventually that last step was her raising her hand spontaneously and voicing her opinion about something and giving feedback about something uh, that was happening in the meeting. And she was able to work herself through those steps and control some of that anxiety. Oh, that's so good. I love that, actually. I love that she kind of worked through all the things that were challenging her and made, made a list and then started with something. I just read uh, an encouragement from an executive coach named Bob Beal, and he has a bunch of tips about working through challenges or certain areas of life that are important that come up from time to time. And when he, when he covered the topic of feeling overwhelmed, he suggested to list everything that's overwhelming you and then to start with something when your life's out of control, choose one thing and make progress on it. Cause that'll a, like you said, Jen, give you confidence. Um, and, and B it's going to start to eat away at that list of things. And you can't control everything for sure, but sometimes just, uh, choose something to move forward on is important. And it doesn't have to be a huge step either. Like 
Um, I think a lot of procrastination is making a mountain out of maybe what's more like a molehill. And I'm not saying social anxiety is a molehill, but the idea is that we make things bigger than they actually are. So just yeah. getting started on something helps to work yourself in the right direction. And, and the cool thing is like, usually when you start to make progress, um, the psychological effect is it, it snowballs, your progress snowballs. If you're starting to experience some confidence in one area and, and get better at something, it builds and you're going to have more success as you go along. So I really like that idea. Yeah, I love that idea. For me, when I'm feeling anxious about my to-do list or just, you know, looming deadlines or something like that, or just an area of my life that is not what I want it to be, the biggest thing I can do is just to start taking action, even mm. if it's a small step. And like you said, when you when you get that feedback of a small success, then you can use that to jump to the next level. Huh, that's great too. One One thing, I don't know, maybe this is more stress related, but I got to throw this out. Sometimes for me, I just need some more sleep. Like yeah. <laughs> I haven't been resting enough. So Absolutely. I just need to stop doing everything, clear what's on and say, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm just going to get some rest and then we'll hit this tomorrow. Yeah. My anxiety and negative thoughts are certainly so much worse if I didn't get enough sleep or rest. That's a really good one. Do you um, find that exercising can kind of help you as well? Just to kind of clear your mind and move on like something healthy, like when you get an endorphin or some kind of like energy boost, even when you're working out, does that help you as well? Yeah, definitely. And I like to do exercise if I'm feeling stuck. Like sometimes it's like my mind will just get stuck on one thought or one track and I can't seem to move it onto something else. And a lot of times it is a worry or a negative thought. And I feel like exercising can help my mind jump to a different track. Huh. And you know, what's interesting, I think over time too, you just reminded me of like a negative thought. I, I learned recently about automatic negative thoughts, like over time, our minds are programmed so that when we get into certain situations, these negative thoughts pop in. Uh, and just yeah. as we program ourselves to think that way, um, the good news is that we can reprogram ourselves to think differently. We can um, set our minds on positive things we can we can think about truth or whatever it is that helps you move on and i think a lot of that is what you've already shared but it's just encouraging i think to know that you're not stuck that way and i don't want to um, leave out too i think just sometimes connecting with people that you really enjoy having a good laugh doing something that that's fun or creative can kind of help you um, boost your your mood and and give you some more energy to go and relate to others yeah absolutely well, Jen, I appreciate all that you shared today. I think this is a really critical topic for a lot of us. Got some good ideas. I hope that it's been helpful for you who are listening. And thanks again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Happy to do it. Thanks for listening to the Introvert Deer podcast. Make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on future episodes. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. And remember... There's nothing wrong with being quiet and spending time alone.